How's it going, everybody? Welcome to what we call Shrinked. And for those new to the program, we reach out to the global community where everyday folks can share their voices and say on a national and international platform what's really on their minds and hearts, and also share their feelings, concerns, challenges, whatever it is. This is that show where we can get that release that we all need every now and then. I'm your host, TJ Reed, and today I got with me in the studio, Beijing psychotherapist, Mr. Liu Yan. Hey, TJ. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me today on the show. And today we have a subject that some may feel is a little bit lighthearted, including myself, uh, but could have the potential to be very uncomfortable, maybe a little bit polarizing, but certainly something that most of us have experienced at some point in our lives. And I'm sure we've all had our experiences with it and may feel differently about it. So let's dive into this notion of platonic relationships. And here on Shrink, guys, we believe that mental health awareness is not only helpful, but essential for all of us to adapt and evolve in this ever-changing world. So joining us on the show, we have a couple of practicing professionals in the field of psychology who will be giving those who share their voices some tips. And hopefully, some of that advice will reach some of you out there listening if you're dealing with similar issues. And I think this is a good place to reiterate that this show is not a substitute for seeing a licensed professional. If you or anyone you know is in dire need of psychological assistance, please reach out to a professional near you so that you can get the right treatment specifically for your situation. So now that I've got that out of the way, let's hear a little bit from our voice sharer. And FYI, guys, some of the names on the program may be pseudonyms due to privacy concerns, which is totally okay. So let's hear it. Thank you so much, Creo, for sharing with us something that's very, very difficult. And she mentioned the uh, the five love languages, and this is a really popular book, and that was by uh, Dr. Gary Chapman. And those were, uh, I think, um, physical touch, acts of service, quality time, and words of affirmation, and receiving gifts. And I thought that that was kind of an interesting setup for how love is exchanged between uh, two people. She also mentioned... Um, a friend who's been around for quite some time. And I find this to be quite interesting. And I'm wondering if she, you know, asked herself a few questions about this relationship. One of which is why maybe this person was a friend for so long. And what I mean by that is what was it that really binded these two together? And I think sometimes in a relationship, we might ask ourselves that question when someone is around, especially if you have two, uh, people of, you know, a male and a female who are heterosexual, you mm -hmm. may start to wonder, what is it about the, our relationship? Why are we so, you know, why are we hanging out so much together? And are there any clues in the relationship that this thing is purely platonic or is there something else there? And I think that's something else that th that sense that goes off in your mind that when you're around someone, is there something more either from your side or from their side? as something else that I'm wondering if she has ever asked herself. And I guess, is it has it always been purely uh, platonic or and it, has it been mutual or is it just one-sided? And I think 
that can be easy for people to kind of make a mistake. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. I think that's also what stood out to me after I heard that clip, because like she herself mentioned, she was quite surprised、mm. when that friend from the south、yeah. confessed his love to her. <laughs> so obviously, she didn't think about him in that specific direction or term before.、Yeah. So, like you said, probably. Platonic is not the key word when she thinks about this particular relationship,、mm. and I guess that's where she needs to, like, figure out: is it just platonic, or is it something deeper? Like you said, yeah. And platonic,、uh, I mean, according to Oxford Dictionary, and I had to look this up, it's、um, a friendship or a relationship that is intimate, but there is no sex involved, and I think that's really the key element there. Um, and there are varying definitions depending on where you go, of course, but、um, that is something that's quite constant. And I have to say, from personal experience, I do believe that they exist between、uh, two different—a a man and a woman, heterosexual, male and female—and、um, because it has, I mean, I experienced it as as a young man in high school. I had a friend that was a female, and everyone around me, no one believed that it was platonic. Everyone、mm. was just like, you know, they'd look at me through the corner of their eye, and they're like, "What's going on between you two?"、Mm. And, and really, there was nothing going on. I mean, we had the same interests. We were both into, I think, at that time,、uh, animation. You know, we were both artists, so that was something that we had in common. And I think it worked because there was no sexual attraction between the two of us at all. And so, but I think. Sometimes, in most cases, it's it's normally one sided. Maybe one person feels that there is nothing going on, and so they take on this, you know, quote unquote friendship. But the other person may have ulterior motives, and I think that's where things can get a little bit、uh, difficult, especially for for one party at least. And I think it gets it can be a little bit worse when. The other person knows that that person is attracted to them, and they kind of utilize this friendship to,、uh, you know, to get certain things or to, you know, manipulate people. That can also be. It's an unfortunate reality, but it does happen too. <laughs> yeah, it almost sounds like you know people can be really selfish sometimes.、Mm. They know that okay, I've got the upper hand in this particular relationship,、right. so I'm going to take advantage of this dynamic and just, like you said, utilize it and squeeze every ounce of <laughs> <laughs> the good benefits that I can get out of it. Yeah. So I guess as long as you don't cross a certain line, like you don't. Actually, reach the level of、uh, evil manipulation.、Hmm. A little bit of manipulation, I guess, is okay. After all, we're human. But I guess the bigger <laughs> question here is: you need to figure out just、uh, the exact components of this particular relationship or dynamic, because、uh, there's this very famous psychologist, Robert Sternberg.、Mm. He has this famous theory. It's called the triangular theory of love.、Mm. So, in this particular triangle, you have commitment. Yeah. You also have passion, and the last one is intimacy. Intimacy. Yeah. Yeah. AKA understanding.、Mm. So, if you have all these elements, then it's considered the consummate relationship or、mm. perfect love. If you only have one or two, they might be great on certain level, but they're not ideal. Yeah, I think that all of them have to kind of be there, and but I don't think you need to have all of them for a relationship to work. But 
will it work well? I think that's that's kind of the question. And But before we get into that, there's also this other element of the platonic friendship that I think can also conflict with relationships. And I think that's related to when you have a boyfriend or a, a girlfriend or someone that you're dating and you have this friend who's, it could be platonic from your side, but maybe the boyfriend doesn't exactly feel that that other guy is being is just a platonic friend. Sometimes there's a little bit of jealousy that happens between the two. Like, for example, sometimes guys can understand when there is a chemical attraction for his girlfriend or for his partner, or maybe he perceives that. And that can be a bit of a problem as well, because sometimes ladies, they don't, I don't want to say just only ladies, because sometimes guys, we might miss the boat too. But Oftentimes, ladies, they, they won't see that attraction and the males can see it and they sense it. And that's why they don't really want their partners to be hanging out with other guys. And so you have this conflict as well. It's just like, hey, it's just a friend. What's your, what's your big deal? Why are you being so jealous? And it's like he can't really communicate to her that I think there's something more than just a friendship. There's something else going on there. And I think that can also affect uh well can cause some jealousy and i and I, I think that also shows a little bit of insecurity there as well but at the same time it's a little bit justified because i think sometimes guys and i'm sure ladies it's, it's the same they understand each other a little bit more than the opposite sex you know what i mean yeah so it's there's something there that sometimes we just miss yeah tj i see that you're being very careful because <laughs> every time you say something you're like of course guys have this problem as well but, but the yeah. thing is um sure if we just say girls tend to do this or boys tend to do this this mm. sounds very typical right. or stereotypical yeah but stereotypes generally are existent because they happen to be true. So, <laughs> so I'm just saying, for example, when it comes to emotions, mm. you just cannot deny that females tend to be more sensitive when it comes to emotional issues. Yeah. So they have this stronger need or bigger demand for the emotional connections, whereas guys could be sometimes a little bit dense or a little bit oblivious. So it's totally true that the girl could be thinking, how can you be doing this to me? I thought, you know, you know me better than that. But the guy would be like, I thought that that's a non-issue here. So right, that's completely right. understandable. And I've been in the same situation with the, the gentleman that Creo was talking about where he's the guy that's hanging out with a girl that he actually has feelings for, but it's not reciprocated. And so... It it really is that you, you do reach kind of a crossroads. And I think that's why she was a bit scared to go forward, because if you do go forward and it doesn't work out, then, yes, that relationship is severed. But I think also it's severed anyway. I mean, it's it, once the person comes out and says that I have feelings for you, then you have to act on it. And if it's not there, then I think then it's 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 a time to. Go, it's kind of sad, but you, you do kind of have to go your separate ways, possibly. I mean, unless the two are able to have this kind of uh, communication. But I almost feel like that has to happen um, at that moment when that discovery is made and like there are feelings there. Maybe they need to have a discussion about where they want to go in that particular relationship. Because if not, then there's just going to be this, this um, I guess, miscommunication that could cause some 
other problems. And with that, we were happy. We hope we were able to share this voice concern with Dr. Carl Anthony. It's not his first time to contribute on the show, and he's a clinical psychologist in Asia for the past 17 years. And we're certainly privileged to have him collaborating on the show. So let's hear what he has to say. And we'd like to thank Dr. Carl Anthony for sharing his thoughts and his tips. And yeah, he brought up something really interesting, the uh, comfort versus uh, the challenge. And I think that's really, really helpful because you do have individuals who look for something that is comfortable, that's stable, that is uh, predictable. And even though sometimes that's shunned by a lot of people, it's nice to know what your partner is going to do. It's nice to know what they're thinking, what they value, all of these things. And if it's close or similar to what it is that you value, it's a little bit more cohesive, I think, in the long run. And for some people, this, um, I guess you could say monotony is a positive thing because it's something that they can, it's within their comfort zone. It's, it To me, it seems quite uh, sustainable. But on the other hand, it could also be a little bit... Um, lackluster. It could be a little bit boring and for some people. And so you have others who enjoy the challenge, someone that they have to try their best to uh, support or try to uh, learn more about them and try to find some kind of middle ground. And some people, it sounds funny, but some people are attracted to disagreements and fights. And it's it's like it adds a certain fire or spice to the relationship and that's something else that's an intrigue that some people are, are really into. And I think that you might encounter this a bit more for people who are outside of your culture because sometimes the values are so different than what you, you know, what you have in maybe your culture and some of the things that, um, for example, if this person is from a patriarchal society, that might be a problem for the lady because she may feel like, you know, he may have certain expectations of her that she may not be willing to, uh, you know, to deal with and, you know, vice versa. If she's from a very egalitarian society, that may be a problem for him. So that's something that they may fight about a lot. And again, I think both sides have their advantages. It's always cool to be in a novel kind of relationship where you're learning and new different things. And some of these differences might actually be, um, they might complement you in some certain way. I think, it really depends on the, the, the gap or the differences between the cultures. If it, the, the gap is so wide, it might be really tough to, to bridge it, you know, in a, in a, in a lifetime. Perhaps. Yeah, <laughs> I, I agree with that 100 percent. And I also think Dr. Anthony put it very well because mm. the two C words he used are comfort and challenge. I think for a lot of people, they will say, well, I want to be in a relationship because I want to feel Nice. Like, I, I don't want to feel like I'm constantly in battle with somebody. So why would I put myself um, through this kind of torture? So if that's what you're going after, then I guess it's fine mm. if you can just stay within a very comfortable relationship. Yeah. And there's no challenge. And probably also there's no personal growth. 
at least not much to speak of. That's completely fine. It's a legit choice. However, there's also the type of people who do want to be challenged because for them, the number one thing is I have to constantly improve myself. Yeah, like personal growth is my goal. Like if I stay stagnant, I feel like I'm not being alive. So. Really, it comes down to what you want for yourself. And also, another point Dr. Anthony mentioned, and I think is really important here, is that he has stayed in Asia for the past two decades or so, yeah, right? Yeah. And he himself said that if that wasn't the case, probably you know he will feel or think a whole lot differently than he does now. Mm. So I guess for Creole, that is also the kind of angle she needs to think about because if she's If she sees herself staying in Asia, for example, for the next five, ten, twenty years, then I seriously don't think that friend from South、mm. will have much of a chance. Because obviously, so,、huh? yeah, you are staying like worlds apart, and he's in a different culture, and you're here、uh, in this culture, and there's not much chance for you to cross over to the other side, so to speak. So you can never easily. Close that bridge. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, you got a point there. Well, I think I mentioned earlier a little bit about having that communication in the beginning and kind of ironing out what the relationship is. And this is something that I'm not sure a lot of people do.、Um, and it could be kind of hard to have this conversation to be very linear. And I think that's just communicating the end goal of the relationship and. Some people kind of shun this notion of friends with benefits. I mean, it does happen, and some people are for it, and some, a lot of people would say it, they're against it because a lot of times it doesn't work. And I think a lot of times the reason why it doesn't work is because people are just again they don't communicate this thing in the beginning. They kind of act off of their well the passion that's between、uh, the both of them, and they don't really talk their way through it. And I read this interesting study.、Uh, actually,、uh, last year was released in. Well, it was published by the Personal Relationships Journal, and it found that people who engaged or were friends with benefits, when they wanted to transition from that to being friends, they were successful about fifty-six percent of the time. But those who tra- wanted to transition to a, a romantic relationship. It was only successful about fifteen percent of the time, so I think maybe in the, in the in the first place there's something that's not quite right, and so that's probably why they never committed to each other、mm-hmm. for to be in a committed relationship, but just mainly just act off of the physicalities of what was going on. So I think that was a pretty interesting finding. Yeah, very interesting indeed. Now I want to stress one point because. Um, some people I know do tend to frown upon this idea <laughs> of friends with benefits,、oh, yeah. and they can sometimes act holier than thou, and they go like, <laughs> "Oh, this is beneath me. I will never do immoral things like that."、Mm. My point is, you know, we should just stick to live and let live. As long as it doesn't really hurt anybody,、mm. as long as everybody involved is okay with this,、mm. so it's consensual and it's beneficial to both parties. I say, why not? However, that said, the interesting figure you just cited does say quite a lot, because obviously, when you tr- transition from friends with benefits to actual romantic partners,、yeah. the requirement 
suddenly goes up a whole That's lot、right. because you expect so much more from a <laughs> committed romantic partner.、Yeah. Whereas if you just expect a friend to do some things for you, that requirement is a lot lower. The threshold is a lot lower. So、mm. maybe you should,、uh, by you, I mean Creole. You should think like, what do you expect of a certain romantic partner versus a friend and Imagine if you require that of the friend from the south、mm-hmm. or of that friend from a different cultural cultural background. Yeah, which one do you think can handle it? And maybe the answer to that question can help you decide which is a better fit. Yeah, I think that's a really, really a good point. Beautifully said. <laughs> so we were able to reach out to one other professional to share some advice, and joining us is. Thomas Markerson, a certified clinical psychologist working from Copenhagen, Denmark. Let's hear what he has to say. And we like to thank Thomas Markerson for sharing his tips and views for this episode. What did you hear? I mean, what, what what stood out to you from his tips? I think Thomas mentioned one thing. She said Creole sounds very vivacious, very bright,、uh, very energetic.、Mm. I think that's a good point. That's actually a great point because personality does come into play、uh, if you want the relationship to work.、Mm-hmm. So, for example, if you are An introvert, and your partner is an extrovert. That doesn't mean that this relationship can never work out. It just means that it will be a whole lot more difficult than if you are both extroverts or if you are both introverts,、mm. because extroverts and introverts take their energy or restore themselves differently.、Mm. So, if you are an introvert, that means that means you need a lot of alone time. You need to do. Self-reflection. You need to maybe go into your own world and think about stuff. But the extrovert just doesn't get energy, get their energy fixed this way. They need to go out and they need to mingle with people and、yeah. they need to hear that noisy background so that they can feel alive again. So again, personality is a big factor because it could cause a lot of clashes. You have、sure. to know yourself well enough. So maybe. Uh, from Creole's angle, I think she should also consider,、uh, personality-wise, who is a better fit. Yeah, I think that's also hugely important. And she mentioned the word、uh, advocate, and she also mentioned that、uh, it's not in the five love languages. And I'm not sure if that's. So I think support is a little bit different. I think that when you're supporting someone, it's、um, you have to understand a lot of things about that particular person. You want to know. You have to support、um, where they're coming from, what they represent, what they want to do. All of these things. I think you have to be a part of it. And if there's something about that that you don't necessarily support or understand, then 
I don't think it's possible for you to really reach their expectations or your partner's expectations. You will fall short of that support. So you have to really understand a lot more. And I think that that's, and you know, she mentioned that in her, in her, um, in her sharing that it's not a walk in the park trying to understand someone from a different, um, you know, aspect or different culture. So uh, I think that that's kind of important. And also, and support has so many different meanings. I mean, if it's emotional support, that's one thing. But what about uh, financial support or, you know, professional support, all of these things, you have to be on board with what it is that they want to do. Otherwise, you may end up having some serious problem. It's not impossible, but again, it's just something that you may have to consider that perhaps this, these differences, they're not just going to go away. You may have to deal with them and they may come back again and again. And it may just be that you're hardwired different. You're, 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 you're kind of structured, structured different mentally on certain issues. And that may, that, you know, coming together may or may never happen. And if you're okay with that, then I think it's not, an, not necessarily an issue. But if it is, then that's something that you may have to think about as well. Yeah, I think that's a fantastic point because... Once again, uh, this might sound stereotypical, but it's a stereotype for a reason. Most people in the West, they attach such great importance to independence mm. because that's such an inherent part of their values, their culture. Right. Whereas most people in the East tend to attach great importance to interdependence mm. because, you know, it's a very collective kind of thinking. So if that's the case, then you have to constantly communicate with each other because one tends to think this way, one tends to think that way. That makes the relationship a whole lot more difficult. So again, if you think this is too much work yeah. and if this is something that you will never ever agree to compromise on, then maybe this is not the relationship for you. I, <laughs> I'm laughing because I agree with you 100%. So, Creo, I hope that this was helpful to a certain extent. Somehow, I think even though your current relationship is a major challenge, I think that in essence, it's a wonderful experience in defining, well, who you are and what you want. And I think that these kinds of situations bring us closer to the person that, uh, well, we need to be to be a better partner for, uh, well, for that future person or even that that current person that you're with but all of these experiences i don't think any of them are bad they're good because because they're bringing you closer to who you need to be yeah i agree it's not necessarily a bad thing because at the very least it gave creole uh, a great chance to showcase her bubbly personality <laughs> and also gave her the opportunity to mention the great Anita Baker. So that's always a good thing. <laughs> yeah. And I think these two men in your life are definitely giving you signals. And it just depends on how you respond to these signals. Hopefully you make the right choice that's best for you. And for those who've made it to the end, this wraps us for this episode of Shrinked. And folks, we're actively pursuing more voice contributions for the show. So if any of you have anything you'd like to share or get off of your chest, send us an email and we'll get back to you as soon as possible. I hope your day gets a little bit brighter after listening in. And be sure to tune in next time for more sessions. I'm TJ Reed. I'm Lo Yen. <laughs> Take it easy, folks. We'll see you next time.